Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Broadway Breakdown. I'm your co-host, Matt Koplick. And I'm your other co-host, John Wascavage. And today is a very special episode of Broadway Breakdown because it's the first time we're actually recording together. Ah! We're, we're staring at each other. We're not like looking at our computer screens. And Forgot what you looked like. I did too, because I, I um, have smashed every mirror in my apartment. Oh, you do that too? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, and then I and then I dramatically claw at an old timey painting of myself, and I go, "For who could ever love to learn a beast?" Tangents, <laughs> so many tangents already. Oh yeah, oh god, it's like you know, nothing's ever changed. We're in the same area code, but nothing else has changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's changed though. Um, I'm I'm so excited for this, and I'm so excited to be back. Sorry, we took a little hiatus there for a few weeks. Yeah, there was there was some stuff going down. John was finishing his show. He did a little bit of traveling to Utah. I did. I traveled out to Utah and saw a bunch of Shakespeare at the Utah Shakespeare Festival where I worked last year and saw some amazing pieces. They, you know that how a lot of theaters have been doing because um, they just adapted Shakespeare in Love for the stage. Yes. So I saw a production of that at Utah Shakes. And I'm here to tell you guys, I mean, I've never seen the movie, but like, it's great. Yeah. It's it's so good. I laughed. I cried. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, and then, sorry, I just realized that I was like wielding a, a tape thing around and I got really distracted by it. So if you hear a clicking, that's what that was. Anywho. Um, and then I went out to Tuacon, which is also in Utah. And I had never, I didn't see any shows there while I was there last year, but I caught all three shows there. And do you know what's going on at Tuacon? Do you know anything about them? Isn't like a, a really huge outdoor theater like by a rock or something? Yeah, that's that's what everyone kind of says. And they're like, yeah, it's like an outdoor theater by a rock. You guys, it's the biggest stage you will ever see. Like literally the size of like a football field. It is built into the side of the mountain. So literally like there's a stage and then it just like doesn't end and it just becomes rocks and it becomes a mountain. I saw Shrek first and at the button of six songs, there were fireworks on the buttons. It like... There's there's a water fountain that sprays a wall of water and they project video on it. Like it is it is a spectacle. 
Take it's a that, spectacle. Bette Midler, hello, Dolly. Yeah. Take your train and shove it. Yeah, honestly, like, it was crazy. So, yeah, so sorry that we stopped for a bit. I just had to travel. I had the travel bug. Yeah, I mean, I feel yeah. You had some wanderlust. I did. I had a lot of wanderlust, and I've gotten it tightened back up. Oh, that's not true. No. No. Um, nothing, nothing tight going on here, guys. Cool. That's a shame. We've got like 13-year-old listeners and we're just corrupting them. But that's oh. why there's an explicit label on, on all of our content. It's true, because we say dirty words. We do, we do. But that's what I like about us. I feel like there are other Broadway podcasts and there are podcasts where people swear and, you know, talk about looseness. But you don't get it in the same podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like... I feel like, was it theater people or Broadway people with uh, Paul What's-His-Face from Broadway.com? That just would be so much better if they said, like, fucking shit. I've never listened to it. I'm sure it's fantastic. Paul, no, it's, uh, it's not, sure it's it's not a podcast. It's on It's on YouTube. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, our crassness is what makes us special. Um, how, how have you been the last few weeks, Matt? I've been good. I've seen lots of theater. Yes. Well, uh, I had to fill the void somehow. Yeah. Uh, John traveling around. So I saw Prince of Broadway, which um, all of our fears were realized. Great. Yeah, it, I'll put it that way. Great. Although I will say, I will say, um, I would mostly define it as Blue Balls the Musical because cool. it's like you, they do a really lovely section of Follies and then you're like, but now I want all of Follies. Mm. And also it does then give you some good dream casting situations. Like you watch and you go, oh yeah, Emily Skinner would be a lovely Desiree in a Little Night Music. Oh, yeah. But then it's like, I would love to see her do the entire show. Or like, why never? Why did I never think Karen Ziemba could do Sally and Folly? She'd be fantastic. Oh, I want to yeah. see her losing my mind now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like shit like that. Everything else was um, pretty fine. Uh, they did really go for broke and hit home the idea that Music of the Night is a rape song. I uh, just want to put that in now. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, well, like, Same. Yeah, I mean, it... it I've always, like, have felt that way about Phantom in general, but they did all the same movements, but Hal Prince directed the Christine for Prince of Broadway to, like, kind of shudder and be, like, showing the audience that she's forced by these mm. movements all the time. And I'm standing there going, oh, wow. I went to school with her. Really? Well, she's a few years, she's a lot of years younger than me, but she went to my school and we've met multiple times. She's a sweetheart, but she also is, like, super virginal looking, so I'm sure, yeah. like, that, like, she looks kind of like a young, like, I'm... You know that when they saw her when she auditioned, they were like, "We found the next Sarah Brightman." Yeah, like because she was a she was a matinee Christine on Broadway for a long time. Um, speaking of, I just have to like circle back around. You called it Blue Balls the Musical, and I saw Newsies while I was in Tuacon, which oh, is what I always called Blue Balls the Musical. <laughs> so, oh no, I also called it Calves the Musical and Jailbait the Musical. I can't, but... I can't, I can't disagree, but I can't fully agree with you because of the number of Newsies on my phone. And that would just make the next time I see any of them super mm. awkward. There you go. But I'm like, hey, when I saw you in the show, uh, that's how I was feeling. They also were all 30 at Tuacon, um, which made me feel good because <laughs> I'm I, the geriatric newsie. I feel like that is a lot of what they look for. They look for 30-year-olds who look 18 because, like, what 16-year-old boy can do those dance moves? I feel like a lot of them can really? now. I feel like it's. I feel like it's. I'm a small legally pocket. not allowed to talk to 16 year old boys. Not um, anymore. Not anymore. anymore. Nah. So what else did you say? <laughs> Moving right along, I finally saw uh, 
Hello Dolly a second time, this time with Miss Donna. Hello Dolly 2, more <laughs> Dolly. More Dolly. Um, more Donna. It was, the review, what was, whose review was it that we talked about in that first um, episode? It was, it was, uh, it was some kind of uh, publication, some magazine or something. It, it wasn't specifically a theater magazine, I don't believe I remember, but I, I, I remember that, uh, reading that article. Yes, and we, t- the review you mentioned said that, she is better than Bet, and that the show is better with her. Mm. And watching it, I get where the reviewer is coming from. I wouldn't necessarily agree that the show is better with Donna. Donna is a wonderful Dolly, and I would argue just as good as Bet. Mm. Maybe slightly better song, actually, a lot better song. Yeah, um, but I that's you know that. that's unfair. She's a good deal younger than than Bet Midler and has more training and technique than Bet does. Yeah. But there is an energy in the theater that when Bet does the show that. Donna cannot replace and and to her credit it gets there by the end Mm. like the audience finally gets into that same frenzy as they were are with Bette but like I remember with Bette Midler put on your Sunday clothes the last 30 seconds everybody's like singing their hearts out it's like 9,000 part harmony and that train came out and the orchestra is just like clanging away with the train and the audience just like erupted into fits And with Donna, like, the audience was so quiet. No one acknowledged the train. The song ended with, like, very enthusiastic, but no more than that, applause. Oh. Um, Yeah. And it took a while for the show to finally get to the point where the audience was in it. I would say before, by the time they got to Before the Parade Passes By, that's when the audience was finally on par with where they were at Mm. with Bet. But it took all of Act One for them to get there. Sure. And it wasn't anything in the show. The show was the show. Yeah. Uh, they all were doing what they were doing before. But that is sort of... I, don't know, I just thought that was interesting. But it also made the title song for me feel a little more earned. Mm. Because I remember seeing it with Bet, and I think it's a lovely number, but I've never truly understood it being the showstopper that it is. I've never gotten that. And with Bet, I remember watching it going like, okay, like, yeah, like they did great. It's a good number, but like there's there are certain numbers that I will stand for. Like when yeah. I saw Cynthia Revo do I'm Here for the First Time, mm-hmm. I stood. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old me, when he saw Sutton Foster do Gimme Gimme for the very first time, mm-hmm. stood. I was alone, but I stood. Um, Girl, I would have too. It was there. But uh, yeah, but when I saw it with Donna, partly also because I have kept up to date with her history lately. I, I'm sure you know as well, her husband passed away recently. Mm-hmm. It was very sudden. She was going to retire from theater and they brought her back in for this. Mm-hmm. So to see her literally rejoin the human race and come down those stairs in the red dress was very moving. Oh, I just I, got gay chills. Did you? My dad was with me and he cried. And he's I like, he's yeah. an honorary gay man, my dad. And after, I mean, after the show, he was so annoyed. He's like, ugh, I don't even know what does it for me anymore. It's like, start crying at the most random things. I was like, that wasn't random. She... Oh, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it was really moving. And that was when I got it. I was like, okay, yeah, no, this is why the title number is what it is. You know, because it's not just everyone is saying hello to Dolly, but Dolly is saying hello to herself again. I just really put that together. Mm -hmm. Something about being in the same room with Matt makes me want to talk in my NPR voice. I feel like I'm, I'm getting higher pitched. You're getting <laughs> higher pitched. I'm getting oh, no. more smoky. And... Let me get smokier with you then. Mm. Mm. Broadway breakdown after well, dark. That's amazing. I, I'm, I'm hoping to see Donna in the next few weeks as well. Before Bernadette Peters takes over. And 
I die. I, I guess I do only have, what is it, like two more months to live? Because, <laughs> like, I start the countdown now. Um, here's, okay, a little insider bit. I've known that Bernadette was taking over for months now. I've actually known really? since probably about the beginning of the run. Um, Wait, Bernadette's always been signed to replace her since the beginning of the run? I'm not saying that. But... I'm not saying that, but yes. <laughs> um, so, but I was sworn to secrecy. I cannot give my source away because literally the gay mafia will kill them. But, um, so I've been sitting on this Bernadette bomb for fucking months. And literally, like when it was announced, everyone, like the amount of texts that I received, you would have guessed that either I was getting married, I booked Broadway, or that I was dead. Like, I, well, I guess people who would text, they, who you, would text you, you when you're dead. I don't know. Just be like, hey, you dead? I don't know. I, I like to think that I am so loved that if I were to die, everyone would text my phone anyway. Yeah. Just like condolences, you know? Yeah, or at least like... Like one last text. Yeah, or like... Yeah, or like right on my Facebook, like happy death. Like, you know, like happy birthday is so fun. Yeah. Like the day you die, they write happy death. Um... But so in lieu of flowers, in lieu of flowers. But so literally the day that it happened, my phone freaking exploded. And so people are like, oh, my God, are you freaking out? And I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm freaking like I had to put I had to like put on the act. It was exhausting. I was freaking out because I'm so excited. But um, so, yeah, guys, I have two months left to live. Two and a half two two. Months. I don't know what day it is. And I mean, yeah, I, don't I know would what say day it is was anymore. It September. She doesn't go until January, so you have three and a half, I would say. Okay, I have three and a half months left to live, so guys, enjoy me while you still can. And then this becomes my show. Yeah. (laughs) What up? The Broadway breakdown, with, and then every, like, (laughs) there's just a a picture of me floating across the screen while Sarah McLaughlin is like, In the arms of the angel, I just wanted to do that. I just wanted to do that head flip. I had to get to the head flip. Um, Very yeah, impressive. I'm so excited to see Bernadette. I think, I think she's going to be really fantastic. My favorite meme that I've seen so far about it is it's like the picture of Bernadette buttoning uh, Sunday clothes, the picture of Bernadette buttoning before the parade passes by, the picture of Bernadette buttoning Hello Dolly, and it's just that like quintessential, quintessential Bernadette like arms splayed out, her Jesus, out, her Jesus head, on the cross, head back, yeah, her Jesus on the cross, and it's like because you know that's what it's going to be, and we're there for it. You know what? I'm very so. Two things. One, I am excited to see Bernadette do it. Uh, partly because I haven't seen Bernadette be funny since Annie Get Your Gun. That not, and it's not that she's not funny, but she just has been doing a lot of dramatic roles for the last decade. Well, I thought that same thing too, because I've actually I didn't even see her in Annie Get Your Gun, so I was like, wait, this is the first time I'm going to see Bernadette Peters in a musical comedy. Yeah, which is I know that we think of her as like the queen of tears, but she got her start, y'all, as a musical comedy queen, like. Uh, those of you who know Dames at Sea, when it had it, when it so opened off Broadway, she was the lead. That's like what got her known. So I'm excited to see her like ham it up. Honestly, I will and like have fun. That's what was so great to see Donna do it too. Is like, I mean, lest we forget the Annie movie. Like, oh my like, god! Like you know, like lest lest we the for- jerk. Like yeah, the on. jerk. I mean, come on. yeah, exactly. So I'm getting higher pitched as well too. Uh, the other thing though, serving some tea. Uh, for those of you who do not know. Hello, Dolly was rumored to come back to Broadway a few years ago mm-hmm. before Bette Midler in a production directed by Jack O'Brien, who's oh. about to direct the Carousel Revival mm-hmm. and starring Madame Lapone, Miss mm-hmm. Patty Lapone. 
and Jerry Herman shut it down because they for his initial reasoning apparently was that they wanted to do some tweaking to it and he was like no the show is perfect if you're not going to do Gower Champions production I don't want you to do it oh. um, which Jerry Zaks apparently was more than happy to do and like you know make it his own yeah. but Jack O'Brien and Patty were like no we want to do our own thing and he's like no mm. and now he's gone on record as saying that Patty is too ethnic for it and uh, those of you who also don't know I'm sure both women t- treat each other with utmost kindness and professionalism but there is beef between patty and bernadette because of roles gone past Mm -hmm. uh patty was originally offered the witch in into the woods when it was coming to broadway she wanted cinderella bernadette got the witch bernadette got the glory of into the woods uh don't cry for patty though she did anything goes but uh something else oh uh patty was originally slated for gypsy with sam mendes then bernadette got it uh, Patty was looking into being Desiree for the Night Music Revival. I think originally, I, I, I didn't know any yeah. of this. She she called Trevor Nunn when they were casting it and says like, "Hey, consider me, please." And then she never heard back. Uh oh. Um, but I think that was just to originate the revival, not to replace. Yeah. But even so, Bernadette still got to be Desiree. She um, did. Yeah. So it's. I don't think that it's so much that Patty dislikes Bernadette, but more that. Bernadette has gotten a couple of things that Patty has really wanted. And through no fault of Bernadette, that's sort of the way the cookie crumbles. But, like, I get it. But it's really interesting, all those things that you cited, because every time, well, not every time, but a lot of those times, Patty's ended up with Tony's. I mean, yeah. When, like when, when Patty finally did get Gypsy, it got her a Tony. And yeah. uh, I would say Anything Goes was a Oh, wait. Big... Oh, she didn't get a Tony for Anything Goes. No, she, she lost to Joanna Gleason. Yes, 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 yes. Which yes, is yes, probably yes. even more, like, God damn it to her that's true yeah she's not that was i always forget that she didn't win the tony that year yeah i mean i guess a lot of people do because we think we so closely associate patty with that show but yeah like joanna gleason won for the baker's wife which honestly like well deserved because that woman has put a mark on that role that no one else can take off. justifies the beans billy i beg to differ with you how do you mean you're the top yeah you're an arrow collar it was announced today, ladies and gentlemen, that <laughs> Pulitzer Prize contendee war paint. Just kidding. Um, we'll be closing. Doug Wright, oh, who you co-wrote guys. war paint. Yeah, war yeah. paint is closing. War paint is closing, and um, to that, I have to quote Patty and just go. Like, you know, honestly. And I'll have to quote Madame Christine Ibersol and say, um, 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, what what two treasures <laughs> what two treasures we're losing. No, I mean, I love them both, literally. No, like, they are two immense talents and some of the most unique voices. It's the only reason why the show works at all. It's just yeah. because enough gay people look at that and they're like, oh my God, they're so amazing, including myself, yeah. when I knew what they were saying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's closing. The, the, the mass closedus continues september and january those are like the graveyard months when a lot of stuff just shuts down because we've now lost uh great comet we've lost bandstand and groundhog day and now we're... keep going keep <laughs> oh I was, I was gonna do the requiem for a vita thing okay well, no no keep, fine you do fine. you shows. do you you do you bandstand great comet groundhog day war paint and TBD. Maybe 
could be the next jukebox musical, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, no. Angel the musical. I do, I don't want to give anything away. I do have the next uh, jukebox musical planned out. I, I think I'll do that next week because it's almost too good. Mm. It It's not only a jukebox musical, it is also a movie musical adaptation. Can you guys even deal with it? I'll give you guys one hint. Technically, it's our, this movie has been done as a musical before, but not as a jukebox musical. Is it Wicked? You wish. I do um, wish. Not, n- not super far off, but think a little bitchier and a little more realistic. Um, and Death Becomes Her. <laughs> super. That's one of my favorite <laughs> realistic movies. That actually would be a good one for this singer-songwriter that I'm using. But uh, it'll be, it's going to be a movie, an Oscar-winning movie, as a jukebox musical with a singer-songwriter whose work uh, is very, very popular. Not always well-liked, but very popular. And the two leads are going to be uh, alums of a certain reality competition show that Uh-oh. won some Emmys recently. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, that, you guys. That's all you got to know. You got a teaser. You did get a teaser. Uh, speaking of all the closing shows, yes. um, I will say, Saw Warpaint, it wasn't bad but it was just sort of there for me does that make sense like i would say it was bad i mean i'm i'm gonna go out i'm gonna go on this limb i don't i don't i'm not gonna i hate generalizing shows because it's not that the whole thing was bad so many people put so much hard work into it um and there were so many enjoyable parts of it but like when it comes down to like good musicals it's not gonna no absolutely not no don't get me wrong there and i will say even if i see a show that's bad I never always want to, I don't usually want to rip a show to shreds because, as you said, a lot of hard work goes into it. The only show I will say outright, I'll say it right now to the day I die, I don't think hard work went into any of it, and I think it's a piece of shit, is Finding Neverland. Uh, that thing. I never saw it. Didn't that, it made me mad because sitting there, I was like, this show was written, designed, and directed by like a focus testing group where they were just like, went to every state, mm. said, tell us the five things you love about Broadway. And someone was like, kids playing ukuleles. And I'm like, throw it in. Mm. And they're like, what else do you love? Bears on tricycles. Throw it in. And I just, I wanted to scream. Well, you know, the world needs one more. If there's one thing the world loves, it's it's Peter Pan origin stories. Oh, yeah. We we don't have enough of them. Don't, don't have enough Peter Pans. No. But as you're saying, uh, for me, and I would actually say, if Warpaint were bad in my mind i would probably enjoyed it more but i just sort of kind of it kind of just glossed over for me i thought patty and christine were in great voice and it was lovely to hear them sound so good i thought some of the music not all of the music but some of the music was quite nice and like the costumes were beautiful but other than that Mm. everything else just sort of like there and that that's super forgettable to me one show that just closed that i think is not forgettable uh was groundhog day and i would like to discuss it for a little second because, yeah i'd love um, for you to take a moment because i missed it and it's, it's probably the one that i'm saddest about having missed yeah um groundhog day divided a lot of people i have a lot of friends who hated yeah, it like, i noticed that yeah like a lot Same. of people i know hated it and i can understand i guess um it is a very strange show mm. but I, I ended up seeing it three times through fortunate circumstances. One was I was invited the first time, and then the second time I had a family member who wanted to go, so we went. And the third time I took my best friend for her birthday uh, because I really loved it and wanted her to see it. I knew she wouldn't see it if I didn't take her. Fair. Um, but every person I've, I had gone with loved it. And every night I had gone, the audience was like so into it. It was a show that was not content with just taking the movie 
and adding songs. They really dug deep to figure out how it sung and mm. how it moved and how it looked. And it is definitely a darker musical than I think a lot of people expected. The second act really kind of goes to an emotional space that the movie only kind of lightly hints at because the mm. movie is at, a, at, at its core a mainstream American comedy. Oh, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of big themes in the movie, but they don't really harp on it. They kind of let it go unsaid. The musical really kind of digs deep into those themes. And the score, you know, there are some songs that I know a lot of people hated that because they thought that they were very random. And I don't think they were random. I would say maybe some songs went on a bit too long, but mm. I didn't mind. There's a song that opens Act 2 called Playing Nancy, and it's sung by... A woman. It's the most infamous song from the sh- every person I talk about, even if they love it or hate it, this always comes yes. up. Yes, and I'm going to talk about it for a second, and I yeah, understand it. it because so Nancy is a character who in Act One, in Act One, Andy Carl, when he finally realizes that he's in a cycle and everything's the same, and he can take advantage of it, he decides to seduce this woman, who we all just sort of look at as pretty blonde bimbo, mm-hmm. and she walks away. And Act One, Act Two begins on a. Re- viewing of this day again and she's sort of in the crowd and she turns around and she sings a song called playing nancy and it's this beautiful little ballad very well crafted song but a lot of people get mad about it because they're like why are we wondering about her Mm. she's someone we don't care about you know you open act two you want to reestablish what's going on but what the song is is it's this woman who says i am only viewed for my looks, I'm only viewed as what I can be to men. I am not viewed as my own personal thing. And then she says, Preach Nancy, same Preach girl. Nancy. But the interesting thing is that her mind frame is sort of, I'm okay with that. And what she says, but this is uh, why, but this is why. Because she says, you know, who am I to complain about my lot in life? There are so many worse things to be. And at the end of the day, like, I am okay with this because this is all I can really be. And then the end of the show, you see her change her fate. Hmm. And it's the same thing with everybody, where it's sort of... it's a, The reason why the song is there is because it's a major theme of the show, which is a lot of people stuck in the cycle as well, thinking this is all that they are, all that there is, all that they can be. And by the end of the show, you see Andy Carl change all these people's lives for the better. And it's a simple moment of she meets a man who, up until that moment, she had never spoken to before. And by meeting, she stops playing Nancy and she becomes someone else. And she's able to sort of change her fate and change who she is and what she means to somebody else. And I thought, if there, if I have one fault with the song is that it is too long. I think 90 seconds is all you need. But its purpose is totally fine. Um, it reminded me a lot more ways of Sunday in the Park with George. Because it's Sunday in the Park with George is a show where the two acts are very different from each other. But thematically, they connect the opening of Act 2 is a song that some people really love, some people really hate. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people who saw Sunday in the Park with George in 1984 and detested it. Mm-hmm. And now, over time, now that we kind of know what to expect from it and we can let it sort of sink in, it has become more of a modern-day classic. And I hope, I hope that happens with Groundhog Day because I think that there is something there. I'm clearly not alone in this. Like, yeah. not, to, not, that, not that awards justify anything, but... Seven Tony nominations and an Olivier Award. A couple of yeah, Olivier so Awards. Yeah, clearly, yeah. clearly, I am not alone there. And so I think, well, it's not perfect. Few shows are, but right. You know, there is there's some roughness to it. There is something to it that I think is really exciting, and it deserved a longer life. But I know.
one of the reasons I also want to bring it up is because in the future, not today and probably not next week, uh, John and I are going to introduce a segment, maybe even full episode, who knows, depending, uh, discussing shows that did not do so well their first time out, that maybe have gotten more acclaim later in life, maybe not so much, and really kind of investigating either what went wrong with the show or if the show just couldn't capture an audience, why that was. Um, an example for me is a show I dearly love called Smile that mm, has... Yeah. I think it's just a really great show. Marvin Hamlish? Marvin Hamlish and Howard Ashman. Yep, yep. Um, And only now, only in most recent musical theater books, do writers like Peter Felicia and Ken Mendelbaum call it like one of the best scores of the 80s. Mm. Like ranks it up there with Lacage and Les Mis and Sunday as like one of the best scores of that decade. And which is interesting because when you look at the reviews when it opened, everybody was like, the score is whatever. And like, it's mm. not really satire. And I don't know. It's, that's a show I would like to explore um, for our musical redemption title pending uh, segment slash episodes. Um, yeah, I think we're going to, with that, with those kind of segments, we're not going to focus so much on the ones that have like extremely already been done. Like, I mean, obviously, I feel like people talk about Carrie all the time. Like, I'm 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 think Carrie's very interesting, but I think that's already been done. So we're gonna try to we're gonna try to bring you some some different shows, yeah. some 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 different viewpoints, yeah. just some different. Honestly, absolutely. And if you have any shows that you would like us to cover, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Honestly, like ooh ooh ooh. Wait before 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 we go on to anything else, mm-hmm. we did get a second review. Oh, uh, I haven't read this either. It's actually very... Uh, I have no idea. It's very interesting that we opened the show the way that we did today because this review mentions a little something about one of our greatest uh, strengths and weaknesses, I would say. Perf. Um, perf, perf. We got, waterproof, or we got waterproof mics so that when we masturbate over our podcast... What? We don't have to. Oh, <laughs> metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking, yeah. everyone. This is... Listen, 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 bitch. I'm I... going to put a parental advisory on it. I'm going to use it. If, you're, if, you give me, if, you give me, if you give me a field to run in, I'm going to fucking skip, Mary. All right, Queen, here we go. We got it. We got it. Okay. Five-star review from Miss Beth Marie 003 Uh... And Beth is a longtime baking lover, and she also is uh, somebody who went on Twitter to talk about Brunettes the Aww, Musical. Hi, Beth. Hey, girl. So Beth writes, it's a backhanded review. Good. <laughs> and I say that jokingly, Beth. We love you. Uh, a podcast for Broadway fans. Five stars. If you love Broadway, older shows, and new, this podcast is for you. The hosts sometimes go on tangents. What? But it never seems like an issue. How dare she? Our, ta- our tangents are always issues, Beth. That is where I highly disagree with you. But how dare you say that we go on tangents? Our thought-provoking repartee is always... And then she finishes off with, I love every episode and always look forward to the next one. So she likes our tangents. Thank God. Honestly, I'd say that probably my biggest strength in life is bottoming in tangents. <laughs> <laughs> oh no I'm kidding No you're terrible at I'm bottom. terrible at tangents <laughs> oh. Oh, well. There we go See that's how we compliment each other Yeah I'm, I do the tangents You do the pot, I, power bottom I, No I do the awful 
raunchy stuff. God, I hope no one in my family ever discovers that I do a podcast. Well, if they're, any, even, if they're anything like my family, they'll never listen. So perfect. Right. I don't even. I, if if anyone in the Wiscavige clan is listening, I don't even know what that word means. No, I. Who? What is? What is sex? Do gays? Can gays have sex? No. Don't they just go? Bottom this to is. Bra- it's called Broadway. Broadway. <laughs> it's called Broadway. That's what. I, that's as far as I know. That's what gay coitus is. Um, I I do want to say I was at a. Broadway, I think not Broadway sessions. Something state. It was called Stage Fright. Um, it's a show at a gay club called Therapy. I forget the drag queen's name, but they this her. drag queen. Um, so do I. But this gay drag queen uh, interviews Broadway actors every Monday and calls it Stage oh, Fright. Oh yes, I've heard of this. Uh, I only have gone once, and I went with a friend. But they brought on Lashans, and they were doing a heads up with Ellen. They were playing a game of oh, heads God. up or Broadway heads up. And she had the the phone on her head, so she didn't know what the clue was. And the clue was Elton John. And the the guy who was trying to give her the clues was going, Broadway, uh, super, super gay. And she just goes, Norm Lewis. And everyone in the place just was shook. And we were like, oh, Sean's just out in Norm Lewis. And, like, everyone had their phones out recording this. So it's like, it's up there. Is it's he a, gay? I think it's one of those glass closet kind of situations um, like Hugh Panera was sort of in one for a very long time, but now he's sort of like, yeah, I'm gay. Raul Esparza, he was married. But Raul is? Ra- Raul is technically bisexual. Everyone's getting outed today. <gasps> no, Dear God. No, Raul Esparza was outed oh, in the New York insane. Times like 10 years oh, ago. really? Yeah, he was married, but he also like had a boyfriend because he's bi. And then ti- and when he was doing Company, the Times was doing this profile on him, and he thought it was just going to be about like being a Tony nominee. And they're like, he's bi. <laughs> So guys, don't oh don't ever get interviewed by the New York Times. It's gonna come back to bite you in the bottom. Also, don't ever be gay. Don't ever be gay, it, guys. It's the worst. It's the best. I don't actually worst. like RuPaul's Drag Race. I no. do it to keep up with my people. It's true. It is a it is a requirement that you watch. Um, I think. Are, do we have Do we have other things? But where's our Where's our list? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We're actually not looking at anything. We're just looking at each other and pretending to be scrolling. Can we tell you guys what's on the table for a quick second? So we are in uh, what is an office, essentially. I've hung up some blankets to absorb some sound. Mm-hmm. But it is a bridge table with both of our laptops, these microphones, tissues to muffle our mic so we don't pick up each other's mics, tape, and a book. What is the book, John? It is Stephen Sondheim's The Joy of Gay Sex. <laughs> Stephen Sondheim's finishing the hat, you guys. We had to tie it back in because we had to have the Bible here present because everything we say, we have to swear on the Bible. It also is the biggest mistake putting tape up here because I haven't had tape in front of me in a very long time. And when I get tape in front of me, I turn into an actual child. So if you hear, like I did put that tape down towards the beginning when I was playing with it, but I snuck a piece and I have been putting it all over my body and just peeling it off. You guys, I have so much to deal with in therapy yet. But like real, real therapy, not the therapy therapy I got. Um, I actually sang on Monday. I sang at a, uh, gay bar. I sang at a Broadway, um, Broadway Mondays hosted by two of my very dear friends, suddenly Seymour and Cacophony Daniels. Love them. And they're both so talented. If you ever want to look up two drag queens that just will tickle your taint and your fancy, look them up. They're both amazing live singers. They're both Broadway queens. I I met them both doing actually workshops of a show. And they, I first met Cacophony and then uh, Sutton actually, um, when Cacophony had a, 
conflict, Sutton replaced Cacophony. So I met them doing the same role. It's so funny. But um, look them up on social media. Look them up on YouTube. They have amazing videos. Um, but they made me face one of my biggest fears, which I had to face earlier this summer, but they made me do it again, which is singing in a gay club. And let me tell you, it's it's scary. It is. I... Yeah, I, I I think the first time I had to be on a beta blocker because <laughs> I was so nervous. And this time I just like, I did a lot of yoga this summer. There's something about Canada that just made me do a lot of yoga. So I did like a lot of breathing exercises and just like a lot of like mental, just like checks with myself where I was in the day. And I was a lot less nervous, but like, God, like good for LaShawn's for outing Norm Lewis in a gay club. Cause, <laughs> that's, cause that's, cause that's just, I mean, that's nerve wracking. That's probably why she did it. Um, I mean, if you want people to like out people, just go on Broadway World or like Data Lounge, and they'll just tell you. I don't all. know what Data Lounge. Is. Data Lounge is Broadway World, but like they actually go for broken. They're cursing and talking about sex and stuff like that. Okay, so I guess we're Data Lounge. Yeah, Data Lounge. Yeah, if like I would say, if the Theater People podcast or the Broadway cast, which is the Playbook podcast, are like Broadway World, you and I are Data Lounge. Yeah, we're like the non-equity tour of Newsies. Like, we'll give you some of the same quality production, but we'll, we're going to be a lot sluttier. We are a, we are a sluttier Broadway podcast. So I want to talk a little bit more. I don't have a lot to offer right now, but I have a lot of possibility of things. So if you've been following my foot fetish saga, I do have a little more news because dramatic sound effect... <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was a sound effect. We could edit that later. This week on Playbill.com, I believe our famous foot fetishist has posted yet again another article. And I'm here to read it to you. So I have reached out to a few of the actors who have been in locations of, uh, or not been in locations, have been in productions of our foot fetishist uh, work. And they have yet to get back to me, which either has made me think that they, maybe they're not real people, or just kidding. We have I have mutual friends with these people, or my message has got lost in their uh, inbox, or they don't want to talk about it. But so I was kind of worried because I was like, oh no, I knew we were going to film or we we're going to record this to speak, and I was like, I don't have much else to talk about since last time. And then the gay gods delivered as they always do, and on Playbill, this little job listing came up under the title of Funky Socks Models. Yeah, you guys, the saga continues. <laughs> so so um, the category, of course, is listed as other, and the description category is, is... Category is... Category is... Other. other. <laughs> Call me other, 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 <laughs> other. So, um... Funky, the description is Funky Socks Photographer in New York City is seeking photo submissions from all types of males that would like to earn extra cash for the holidays. No prior experience needed. You guys, this is already like straight out of his other ads. You will be paid $25 per hour for your time for a minimum of two to three hours per model. So like 50 to $75. Mm, okay, I guess. Requirements are average. Requirements are average to very tall males, toned to very athletic. Good personality with a good sense of humor is a plus. Looking for males with great facial expressions. Okay. <laughs> and and wear a size 10 shoe or more. Which what I was thinking about, like I wear a size 10, like that's actually not that big, like for a foot fetishist. Like Is it the size that matters for him? I don't know. I mean, well, I guess if it's more I, I, or more. I, I think it's more of the look of the body and then the feet are the feet are like the she, like the feet 
are the are feet are the, are the fetish. Yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know. But so so then he goes, funky socks will be provided by the photographer, and each session will be done in a nice, clean, reputable studio space in Midtown. Pause. Anytime someone has to specify the job as being like it's nice, clean, and reputable. Red flag. Yeah. Red flag factory. Like, come on. Run for the hills. Listen, this job listing will not creep you out and it will not be dirty. Bitch, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be American Horror Story audition update. So then he says each model will be given a copy of the images and their choice besides of the, of their choice besides pay. Photo sessions will begin in early October and run until November 2017. So I'm guessing he wants a lot of them. The best Photos will be selected for a future art show in New York City. Please submit a shot of face, body, and if possible, a shot of both feet in either white athletic or color socks for consideration. You must be available to do a session on either a Monday or a Tuesday early afternoon to be considered for this gig. There will be a brief meeting before the session with all selected on Monday, October 2nd, 2017. And then it gives an anonymous email to contact to submit yourself. So ladies and gentlemen... I'm here to tell you today that although I don't have any news as of yet, stay tuned because I, possibly under an alias, has submitted myself as a funky socks model. John is going undercover, y'all. I'm going undercover, you guys. Oh, my God. Happening. You heard so, it here. This is where you heard him last. Yeah, this so, might be what kills you before Bernadette. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I hope it does. If this is the way I go. So, so... Although I'm not saying that it without a doubt is the same guy who has been doing all the other ones that I've talked about previously. Um, I'm also not saying that air surrounds us all and that, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking these huge leaps right here. But no. guys, I am I'm now committed myself for you guys to go into the front line of foot fetish battle. To see what the deal is. It's it's like that movie Saving Private Ryan. Except like not at all like it. Yeah, it's not at all like it, but it is. I get it. Yeah, totally. It's also a lot like the movie like Up. Because I feel like I'm going to cry a lot for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> or it's going you know, to be just like on Twin Peaks. I've never watched Twin Neither Peaks. have I, but I assume it's like an episode of Twin Peaks. From what I've heard about Twin Peaks, it sounds like it's right straight out of it. A foot fetishist. Sending up. I don't know as of now if I will actually get the chutzpah to meet with him, but I'm at least going to. What's the word I'm looking for? What do the kids call it? I'm going to take us to the edge. I'm going to edge us there. You're going to edge us. On, and are I, you on the edge of glory? Yes, Lady Gerger. <laughs> um, yes, Lady Gerger. Um, and so I'm so nervous and so excited for this response, and we'll see. I. I can read you the email that I sent him. Is it very, I'm sure it's very professional. Like It is. Um, so basically what I asked was, I said, hi there, my name is insert alias. I was reaching out to you about your posting on playbill.com. I am always game for a fun and funky photo shoot. Pre, uh, parentheses. I've attached a shot from a previous one I did for business cards, which I did. I did. Um, I attached a shot of me because I did a fun and funky photo shoot where I, recreated like famous Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway uh, photo shoots and I also dressed up as a, a clown and I took photos of me holding hot dogs just in like, a wine glass just cuz for my website okay 
because I wanted to be on brand. Um, and so, so I attached a shot of me um, with like a full body shot. But the clown nose, like, in my mind, makes it seem that he then can't... Because I also then Google image searched it using it, and nothing of my real name comes up. So I did it for, like... <laughs> it's my phantom mask, this clown nose. But, um... So I, I continue on. Um, but I was just kind of wondering if I could get a little more info on the art show that the photos are for. Like, would I be able to come? And what kind of shots you were thinking of for the piece? And then I sign off. Because... This one, he's saying that they're not for a, a film. They're not for a theater piece. He said a future art show in New York City, which in his previous posts contains just as much ambiguity as like what he said they're for. So, yeah. So we'll see you guys. I might be dead next time. Oh, my gosh. It's all happening so quickly. Um, I mean, yeah, we've discussed like three different outcomes in which you die today. Guys. I mean, it's all good for me. It's great, honestly. And I'm... I'm here to die for you. For for Beth and for little Fancy. I really want to lick the microphone, but I... I mean, the shape, I understand. Our microphones, guys, are big black balls, which is... And ironically, are called blue. So they're blue balls. Yeah, so John, they're, blue, they're blue black balls. Blue black... Blue, blue black... Blue, blue. They're... Oh my god, balls. I just had a stroke. You guys, I had way too much coffee and not enough food today. Um, How many cups did I? Four? Five? Actually, no, I only had one cold brew, but I had five cups of tea. Okay, there it is, there it is. I had I myself had two cups of coffee, but then I followed it by running four miles. So, like, I feel like I drained out some of that caffeine. I didn't do that. Guys, this has been such a blast. I'm so glad to be back. Matt, it's so nice to record with you. It's wonderful to be in the same room with you again. It is. And for, yeah, for the first time. Um, guys, this is us signing off for this week's episode, and we hope you join us next time, which will not be a month from now. (laughs) Yeah. I promise. But you know what? We had a lot to cover, and I feel like this is going to be a nice, thick, full episode of Broadway Breakdown. Yeah. Thick and full. Who do you want to play us out, Matt? Um, we haven't had Barbara play us out yet. I like some Barbara. No, wait. Yeah, no, wait. Let's hold off on her because... Oh, you just got me so excited. Can I make your black balls blue? Yeah. (laughs) Mine is literally so moist right now. Yeah. Well, it's also the... We also have tissues on them. You said looking like handmaids. You know what? To keep it in theme... uh, No, we... Yeah. No, to keep it in theme, let's have Bernadette play it. Oh, yeah. We haven't had her yet. You're right. She's popped up, but she hasn't played us out yet. You chose better. You chose better. All right. Take us... Take us away, Bernie. Bernie. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. 
there's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.